This episode of the High Impact Man podcast brings you Rhett Rolltide Evans. Rolltide is a man of F3 uh, who is a high impact man because he is a leader, a shovel flag planter in Macon, Georgia, uh, Nantan. Now he serves on the SLT in the Southeast region for F3. This man has overcome obstacles and hardships in his own life, going through the valley to, to emerge successfully and then go on to serve others and to serve other men in, in, in an incredibly impactful way in the recovery process of other men. He leads his family well, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Well, here we go with another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Uh, we're coming to you live from the Nan Cave in Danville, Pennsylvania. I vacuumed the floors just yesterday, so less dust balls and stuff. To looks good. Yeah, does it look good? It does look good. Good. Yeah, the basement's coming together. My, you, you don't know this yet, but my wife is planning on a tiered recliner. You got, you can't see it, uh, roll tide from where you are, but out in the, out in the other space. Got a really big TV. It's like an eighty-five incher. Did you say a tiered recliner? Tiered recliner theater sort of setting. Oh. So there's going to be like a row of recliners and then a little platform with row of recliners above that. Oh. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting really, That's you know. going to be fancy. Yeah, we're getting fancy. She said I should have parties when I when that gets done. I so, agree. All right, we're going to yeah. have some F3 parties. Maybe, no. Smoke with smoked meatloaf. Probably won't be in time for, yes, with smoked meatloaf. <laughs> probably won't be in time for the Super Bowl. So we'll have to watch the Eagles the way it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All they right. They played so, well yesterday. Oh, yeah, they they did. They so did look good. Way for, better than the Steelers played. Did the Steelers? Oh, they lost. We yesterday. did a good job of throwing it to the other team in the second half. Yeah, you should always throw it to the same color shirts that yeah, you're wearing. Not, we didn't do that yesterday. Yeah, it's tough, man. I think that's one of the hardest jobs in all of uh, all the sports is being a quarterback, especially in the NFL. Anyway, um, my name is Nevin Gorky. I'm the host of this here podcast. Uh, the F3 people call me DFib. I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, my co-host, who's also known as Dial-Up in the F3 gloom. Um, we're coming to you on this, this. We're recording this on December 12th, right? Correct. That's 12, what today 12. is. December 12th. And uh, this podcast should air next Monday, I think, right? Spielberg? He's nodding yes. So uh, the current episode out there that, that dropped today... Uh, features Gobbler, and uh, a week from today, this episode will drop. And uh, by then, we'll know who the World Cup champion is, I think. We should, right? Yeah. Semifinals are tomorrow. Tuesday and Wednesday. Is a, are the, are the, when are the finals? Must be Friday or Saturday. Something like that. Anyway, assume, but. for those of you who like soccer, uh, World Cup guys. So uh, we're bringing to you... Um, Roll Tide, he's from Macon, Georgia, and uh, Roll Tide, he's he was a uh, his real name is Rhett Evans, but he he, uh, he was recommended by somebody else, and uh, because I am technically what was what'd you call me uh, disabled, technologically impaired, impaired, I'm technologically impaired. I I can't figure out how to how to go back into the it's a quote quote from Weird Al Yankovic. Okay, well yeah, that's me. Yeah, Amish Paradise. So anyway, yeah. somebody recommended Roll Tide to us as a high-impact man. So he's coming to us, like I said, from Macon, Georgia. A So Roll Tide, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
Well, cool. We're, we're excited to have you, man. How's That's, the weather down there in Macon, Georgia? Well, it's really humid and overcast and somewhere around 55 degrees. Oh, you're suffering, man. Suffering. Yeah. Humid and overcast at 55 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. That must be tough. Are you wearing gloves and stuff when you work out outside now? No, not yet. No. Okay, we avoid those until January. <laughs> when it gets down to forty, huh? Yeah. Right. All right. right. All right. Meanwhile, we've been wearing gloves for two months. Yeah. What was <laughs> uh, I? I ran this morning. You ran this morning. I ran a little bit before, earlier than you because because of work. But it was it was cold. What was it in the twenties? Yeah, it was like twenty eight, twenty nine. I think whenever I left the house. But it, once I got running, it didn't feel didn't feel that cold. No, no. When you're running and you're sweating, it's yeah. pretty. It's not bad. I think Saturday was down to 19. So there you go. So yeah, Saturday, Saturday morning was definitely colder than it was today. Yeah, like 18, 19 degrees Saturday morning during our, our beat down. So there you go, Roll Tide. That's something for you to some perspective. I tell you, I, I was up in the Chicago area a couple of months back when you had that first cold snap of, of winter. And I tried to run in that stuff, and I never did warm up. That that ten minutes <laughs> yes. in that exactly. you always hear about dread and others talk about, no, yeah. that didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, it yeah. takes a while. Yeah, well, you got to get used to it, I guess. And it's it's tough uh, living in really warm climate and all of a sudden trying to run and run in cold weather. Um, man, we had a week ago Saturday. Um, I did a pre run, so forty five minutes. I did. I don't know. We don't run that whole forty five minutes, but three and a half mile run, mm-hmm. and then we do an hour long beat down right after that, or shortly after that. There's a little little downtime which stinks because that's when you start to cool off and get cold anyway it was about 35 degrees and raining the whole time and it is trust me it is much worse raining and just above 32 than it is to be zero degrees out i'd rather it be zero degrees out yeah. we had a little cafeteria at the at the ao uh, for a few minutes and then we went to perkins for breakfast i i had my wet shirt off i had a winter coat on i didn't stop shivering until I got home finally in a second cycle through the hot tub, I finally stopped shivering. Yeah. I think we've reached that point in time when we just canceled the cafeteria at We should just move at the AO. We should go straight indoors because I, I think yeah. this Saturday everybody just like chugged their coffee really quick and then we just went to Perkins. For, yeah. Yeah. It's for, a little tougher to do in, a, a cafeteria at the AO when you're in the north, right? Yeah. How about it? In the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> All right. So, Roll Tide, tell us uh, how, how and when did you get involved with F3? Who EH'd you? Well, it's a that's an interesting story. At, back in 2017, I was in a in a men's program up in Alpharetta coming area called No Longer Bound, and, and the men of F3 Alpha wanted a an outreach of sorts, and so they came to the the director of the program at the time and said, "Hey, we're, we're F3, and this is what we're trying to do. Do you think your guys would be interested?" Well, at that time, working out you could actually get in trouble for working out because it was considered a, a coping mechanism to replace something else. Oh. So you could avoid dealing with all those feelings. And so when they, uh, they announced it that morning and said, Hey, any of y'all interested in the workout at five fifteen in the morning, and every hand in the room went up. There was probably 40 guys there. Wow. And so they loaded us all up on Wednesday morning, a couple, uh, maybe a month later. And we rode across about a mile down the road to a place called Caney Creek. And we, um, we circled up with those guys. And as they're going around the circle and naming us, we had some, there was one guy, they called him Rail Rider. It's been the greatest name I've ever heard. Um, but then they, I snuck it in there that I was an Auburn alum, and uh-huh. I knew it had something <laughs> to do with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Right 
but um, within a few weeks of, of going every week, the, the herd thinned out. You, you might have had 30 guys that first day, and within a couple of months, there was two to four of us on a consistent basis. But we hung with it, and one of the guys in particular named T.O., uh, Steve Woodcock, he came by one afternoon and and sat a group of four or five of us down and said, hey, guys, this is for you. This is something that we're doing, and we want to give it to you. Now, who's going to take it? Who's going to cue? Who's going to run with it? Mm-hmm. And all the guys kind of looked at me, and it's like, well, I don't know what you're seeing. <laughs> I'm a terrible introvert by my nature. So um, my wife and a few others can usually get me get me talking. But for whatever reason, I said yes that day, and I've, I've said yes to a lot of things since then. But the time that those guys were willing to take out of their day uh, Steve was a, a, a executive at a cor- major corporation, and so at the end of the day, for him to take time out and, and come by and say, "Hey, this is what F three is," and and this is a big deal. Uh, we we never knew that it would turn into what it has, but but it was sure nice when it got started. Yeah, when was that? That was nice. in late twenty seventeen. Okay. So, so, so how many guys actually went to this other beatdown and all got na- you guys all got names that same day? So, how how many were there? There, well, it felt like there was a hundred there, but <laughs> I bet I bet there wasn't uh, twenty five or thirty total packs. But it was it was a barn burner. We went back and we drew up our own workout plan since we only had that one day a week, and we called it the Hope House of Pain. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, I had one buddy that kept pushing me and kept pushing him. And so we swore that we'd never feel like that again and did everything we could. Uh, and as, as time progressed, it, it, it didn't get easier, but we got stronger. There right. you go. Yeah. So what was that group you were part of? You said it was uh, a men's group. Right. So uh, my life was in, in shambles uh, in, Late 2016, I'd, I'd gotten married in May, uh, March of 2016, and we were we were living life, and, and it was completely different than anything I'd ever experienced. And work was work was going a lot better than I gave it credit for. I, I tend to be a, a, a realist, a pessimist, uh, and so things if if it's not really great and grand, then then uh, what's wrong? And yeah. Anyway, ended up, some things happened, got in some trouble, and we sat down uh, with a counselor here in town, and, and he said, well, there's an option, but you're not going to like it. And he told us about this place called No Longer Bound, and it, it was their, their whole concept is to regenerate men. It's not a rehab where you're going back somewhere you once were. It's it, let's let's take what you got. Let's build a foundation. Let let's help you discover what your dream is. What what are you here to do? And I always I've, I've told people since then that that I knew of God before I, I went there, but I met God there, wow. and that's where that relationship started. And it, uh, it there's so many stories post no longer bound of, of God's provision and goodness. And, and, uh, so that's what that is. It, it, it helps men overcome addictions and help them realize that, Hey, that little hole in your life, you don't have to fill it with that stuff. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Great story. So that was, um, 
was it a Christian ministry? It was. Yeah. yeah. So, it was in inpatient deal. Uh, my wife was able to come up every other weekend. She was uh, RN in the in the pediatric ICU at the time. So about every two weeks, she would make the trip up. We'd get uh, a little less than twenty four hours together and. Uh, the good thing was, and this is what's so beautiful, is that, that I married such a, a good woman. She worked on herself the same time I was working on myself, so we were we were equally yoked, even though we didn't know that, that we were equally yoked. And So while it, it's still been quite the, the transition in the years that have followed, it, it, we've been walking together. And so it's... Yeah, praise God for that, man. That's awesome. Uh, so that's was called No Longer Bound. And the book Free to Lead, you're free to lead, it, yeah. a subtitle is The Unshackling of the Modern Day Warrior. Yeah. Kind of like F3 kind of fit right into that thing, right? Like it was made for it. Um, that's, that's a pretty cool story, man. And you've been uh, doing well ever since? Yes. Uh, it's only because of the men that are around me that that I continue to to thrive um, there's there's some pretty incredible men here in Macon that that have stood in the gap many a times and and they're they're the they're the ones that are carrying the load it, it, it's been pretty neat to to share that experience with them yeah that's great that's awesome we it's it's uh so we we're not meant to do this alone right life Absolutely. I mean you know just not meant to do it alone yeah. Yeah, and you got something that most guys don't have in the United States, which is are those close uh, male friendships and uh, guys you could count on. Yeah, and that's that's what's so amazing is is coming out of that program and transitioning back home. I reintegrated with my wife, reconnected, and and life was pretty good. But you could tell just those one just just that one day a week, you could tell. Hey, this there's something missing here. There's something missing. So we, we got to talking about it. And we found a good church. We we had some folks we were doing life with. And, and they they joked at the last circle of trust I was ever in up there in Alpharetta. At least I remember them joking, saying, yeah, you're, there's not a flag in making, but you're going to plant one one day. And I just kind of laughed it off. Like you're, you're my insecurities are saying, <laughs> not, so not, not me, right? Yeah. yeah. But we uh, got home, realized, hey, you know, this community needs this, and felt like God was was stirring in me, and hey, let's let's do this. So, so May the May the eighteenth, we we got some guys together, and we we planted a flag, and there were guys from Jacksonville, there was uh, one guy from Charlotte, they came from all over the place, and and it helped us launch, and man, it's been a blur ever since. That's fantastic. And so you said in March, May, May. I'm sorry, May. Was it May of this Eight, this year or? or May of eighteen? Eighteen. May of eighteen. Eighteen. When all started. All right. So you're a little over four out, four years in now. Right. So you planted the shovel fly that made you Nantan right away, right? Yeah. Back then we we had a little thing called the mustard seed program. Oh we yeah. Were, yeah. We were kind of of a mustard seed, but then we had some help from Alpharetta and and those guys were. They came down the four weeks and helped us go. And yeah. Man. It, you, uh, you know, I was part of the, we, we, I planted the shovel flag here in Danville in 2020. And I was, they still had the mustard seed go, thing going. So we had Zoom calls and mustard seed uh, Zoom calls or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know, it would have been two years later. I don't think you would have been on there. But for some reason, I remember Roll Tide somewhere. 
I, I think we're on the same Zoom call somewhere along the way. But anyway, uh, that that's a great story. So, you know, isn't it incredible? I mean, uh, God's power is made great in our weakness, right? So, uh, and the impact that you're having uh, just by planting the shovel flag. So that was four years ago. How how many AOs do you guys have there now? Well, we when, let's see, one, you've probably got nine or ten now between Forsyth, which is about 20 minutes north, and Warner Robins, but now the the Nantan now, a guy named Maestro, he's responsible for Forsyth for getting Warner Robins and for a lot of, of, of that growth. His his SLT is doing amazing things. They've got tons of analytics and and they they are the ones that, that have made this thing spread like fire. That's great. Uh, so let, let's back up just a little bit. I like to find out where people grew up. Now you told me before we went on that you grew up in in the Macon area uh, in Georgia. Uh, so what was life like growing up for you? Looking back now, it was, it was a great life. Uh, we've, we've got this family business, this a cabinet business. And, and for many years it, it did really, really well and enabled us to, to travel and, and do things that, that most people uh, don't aren't afforded the opportunity. And, I've only started to really appreciate how much my parents taught me in the last two or three years. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing the the amount of effort that they put into to paving it forward for their kids. And um, we, we were just, we were really fortunate. Spent a, growing up, spent a lot of time in the woods. Um, dad, dad liked to deer hunt. I liked to deer hunt. And that's what we did. Um, and that was, that was our time together on Saturdays. And, um, but they, they also instilled that work ethic in me as well that, that, Hey, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Again, I didn't realize just how hard and how tough life was, but for what they were able to do, but now 30 some odd years later. Wow. Yeah. Are you still working in that family business? So here, here's the interesting. I did everything I could to stay away from that thing. <laughs> I ran and I ran and I ran. And and just earlier this week, I was reading about Esau and how easily he gave away his blessing yeah, just for a yeah. cup of soup. Right. And, and I'm just blown away that, that everything in my life, I tried everything I could to get rid of the blessings. And yet, they're here mm-hmm. right now. And, and it's, it's, it's just so amazing that, that how God has held on and even in free will said, Hey, I'm not done yet. Right. Let, let me keep working. So, uh, so yes, long story. I've, I've done, uh, I've done any and every other type of career, but about a year ago, um, about a year ago, I felt this this urge. I felt like, hey, it's time. It's time. You got to go back now. Well, come to find out, we, we've gone down the road of, of adoption. And the exact time that I started feeling those, those feelings was when God was preparing this little girl named Stella Reese to come in our life. 
And so um, I was working a dead end job. I was doing just enough to get by. I thought that, that, that was just what I needed to do. And I, I, that fear of success is a, is a, is a big blind spot for, for me, but God paved the ways. He says, Hey, the guy I was working for said, you got to take a pay cut, man. I'm, I'm not making anything as is. I'll, I'll try to make it work. And the day I was supposed to turn in my two week notice was the day our daughter was born. Mm. I held out two more weeks, finally turned in the two week notice and transitioned back to the cabinet shop. Well, I can't, it was a short time after that handed off the shovel flag to, to Maestro and Two weeks later, Stella's in our life. Yeah. Huh. And so you can't, there's no way. In fact, one of the one of the guys that was there at placement day said, did, did you know this was coming? Is this why you did this, this, and this? And no, no I'm not that good. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty dang neat to, yeah. to see. You're, yeah, you're not that good, but God is, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, providential, man. He's He's in control. He's got a plan. Got a plan. You just don't like to follow it sometimes. Well, we we would all like to know it, but we, if we knew it, we'd probably mess it up. Yeah, so. true. Yeah. So you went. To, did you play any sports in school? I, I attempted golf. I was I was really really good on a, in a practice round, but you put the pressure of tournament, and I'd cave every time. Mm. And I uh, I played football, but uh, it wasn't real good. It was it was mediocre at best. Um, so that was, that was what I did growing up and I always avoided the wrestling team because of this, this, the singlets. <laughs> Good reason. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of guys. Oh, I don't honestly. Yeah. Well, I was a basketball player and that was the same season in wrestling. So I didn't yeah. have to worry about that. I, I even Our shorts of, were short enough back then in basketball. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I even thought at one point they were talking about like for wrestling, like, like kind of changing it to be like you wrestled more in like shorts and a t-shirt and not, not a singlet just to maybe get more guys out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe just something that I, that I heard. I we'll, don't know. we'll ask our resident wrestler. Yeah, we'll have to ask, if yeah. he knows anything about that. I'm sure. But, he, uh, what a, but he, he can what at least a, play a good round, of practice round of golf. That's better than a lot of people can do. I, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, good is relative. <laughs> it's all about managing expectations when you get on the golf course. Right. You know, par is yeah. a, par is just a number. <laughs> so you went really? to Auburn. What what got you in Auburn? Why'd you go to Auburn? Building science. Oh. I uh, I thought I wanted to be a contractor and worked for for one of those big firms one Christmas. Uh, it paid for my spring break that year, but that found out real quick that now we, we need to do something else. Mm. Um, but that was the main, main motive. We, they, they were the only school around that was close to home that had building science. Um, and I had a lot of friends from high school going there. Uh, it was, it was hard for me to branch out and, and pave my own way then. Yeah, well, it's nice to know people. Did you like it there at Auburn? Yeah, yeah, we had a had a great four years. Did a did a ton of, of road trips for football games, and mm-hmm. it's funny the, the World Cup going on. We were actually in Poland the summer of whatever year it was, and they were in it, and the whole town was shut down and have 
bands marching in the street, and big tents set up with projection TVs. And they really take it serious over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what other countries are like. My daughter was on like a missions trip in Costa Rica during the World Cup when Costa Rica made it into like My the, kids did with the mission trip to Costa Rica. Maybe you're on the same one. Uh, did they go to the... I know Elena's young, a lot younger than my yeah, kids. But, I can't remember whether... But Costa Rica was doing well in that World Cup and yeah, my kids were maybe down they, there. Maybe they, they were in the same, same one. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Must have been. I don't know. See, we don't even know. We they were partying remember. in the. They were partying in the streets. I remember they, Elena saying they were like on this on a bus coming into a town, and like the whole street was like occupied. And everyone was like yeah. hanging out the windows, yeah. celebrating. Big the old parade. Yeah, yeah. The the ticos or tikaritos or tacarotos. Tacarotos. I don't think I don't think it's tacarotos. Costa Costa Rican. They they, <laughs> call, they call them something. I can't remember. Uh, I'll Google it while we keep talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, how old is Stella now? Stella is sixteen months tomorrow. Nice, nice. Changes your world. Your world, right? Change your world changes completely. Completely. In fact, there's there's been so many shifts in the order of of what of my priorities now. Yeah. And it, it seems to continue to evolve as she becomes more uh, toddler esque. Yeah. Right. The more mobile they get. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what's your uh, workout? Uh, schedule like now weekly how many days a week do you post uh, typically three I'll, I'll do a tuesday thursday saturday beatdown. um there's there's one close by that that i love to support because i want to want to keep that one rolling right um but that's that's typical what do they do at the are, are they because you know some some workouts are running some are boot camp some are you know whatever are they all boot camp style workouts all of those are boot camps. Uh, we, we've got a few cues that will run a, a little more than others. Yeah. We, we just have started getting traction with the running this year, actually. They've got, they've got running on Sunday and Friday mornings now. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, we've tried several times in the past, but now we've, now we've got enough folks to where it, it's clicking. Nice. And uh, you're part of the Southeast Sector SLT, is that right? Yes, recently, uh, just last week, accepted uh, their invitation. That was it was it was crazy getting that phone call and saying, "Hey, we want you to do this." Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I've needed needed a serve role, and I, I'm glad that, that this one opened up. Yeah, what's uh, what is your role there? Um, I'm helping exile in the state of Georgia. We're going to figure out how to love on these Nantans and make sure that, that they uh, they don't get lost, that, that right. they know that we see them and that, that they're doing great and, and help them uh, reach their full potential. Yeah, that's cool. How many how many different regions or how many different Nantans are, are like are you talking down in Georgia? Uh, that's well, a great it's, question. It's, well, Here. it's a southeast sector of the United States. So it could be more. Well, he just referenced Georgia. Yeah, so oh, I, I didn't know whether that was their, their area of focus was the Georgia state yes, of Georgia. Right. That's that's our primary uh, serve is, is Georgia, and there's so many up around Atlanta. You got a you got a handful up there, and that's still growing uh, incredibly well. You got Augusta, Savannah, um, and then a, a few more down south. Yeah. But there's we're we're probably. I was looking at it the other day. It's exciting because I bet we're not fifty percent of what what we could be in Georgia. Mm. There's even there's little towns like Dublin and Milledgeville close by that 
that it's coming. Yeah. It, it's Just a matter, matter of time. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So, um, you guys have plans on adopting any more kids? Not right now. We, uh, we, we think that uh, we're believing that, that we're going to have some biological children and mm-hmm. we'll see, see what comes of that. There's been tons of heartbreak in the past. Yeah. It, it uh, yeah, that, that grief, man, there's, it's no joke. Right. It, uh, but it, for whatever reason that, that keeps drawing us closer. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, you were, you were in, in the program before you got an F3, the, uh, no longer bound program. Uh, right. and, and then you, did you serve, uh, in a recovery program re- up until recently? So I'd actually, uh, up until very recently, I was involved with a, a guy who um, named Brad Sapp, One Hit Wonder. And he runs a ministry in Macon called Crossroads Recovery Ministries. And in that program, um, when I got home, my continuing care plan was get in touch with Brad Sapp, whatever his guys are doing, do it and, and see where it goes. Well, it started out, I was hanging out with this guys. I'd go to the meetings that they were going to. Then it grew into, Hey, we fill in for this class. We fill in for that class. And we were doing these, these life groups of sorts with the church and the men at crossroads. And then that just steadily grew to a point that, that we, um, Brad eventually invited me to start teaching on a regular basis. And then we do these things called journal talks where you spend about an hour one-on-one with a guy and you read, they're supposed to journal for 15 to 15 to 30 minutes in the morning. And then at the end of the week, you, you'd collect those and read, read them, hoping to point out, Hey, this is really good. Hey, this is your room for improvement. What's going on here? And so I was able to, to come alongside and, and value add to his program, mm-hmm. some curriculum stuff that, that didn't exist beforehand and to provide these men with some journal talks. And we always pray it in. Um, early on, I felt myself getting drained way too easy. And, and the, our pastor's wife said, Hey, you, you got to quit doing it yourself. Start. So we started praying in and all of a sudden, it, the light bulbs it's like how did, how what how do we make that connection and it was it's been it was really really cool it was it was immensely uh, special and there's so many men that have come through there that that have now gone on to be high impact men themselves mm. um, and in in thinking about that um just this week, we've hired two of those guys out of the program. To they they come. Uh, they, we've got about a dozen of those guys that come to work at, at the shop every day, mm. and so uh, a couple of those guys just graduated, and we were able to extend offers. and And we've got the same problem everybody has: supervisors are at retirement age, and nobody to backfill them. Well, these guys, they those are the best workers that we've got, hands down. So why not give people the second chance, mm-hmm. second chance. And yeah. uh, it's pretty neat how, how it's all being orchestrated. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. Paying it forward, you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. just relying on God, and, and it's amazing to see what God what God's doing, the work that's going on. You know, yeah. stories like this from all over the country. You know, people don't wonder. You know, if they wonder, is God at work? I mean, He certainly is, right? It's just, yeah, so many people just don't even see it or recognize it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard if you're struggling, if you're in a in a valley, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, but man, just you know, I, I'm glad that we have this podcast to put these stories out there because hopefully it gives some people hope. Like, hey, man, God is at work. You can overcome these things. Yep. Uh, you you can find men to to, to walk alongside you. And, uh, and you could find strength and, uh, not only can you recover and be okay, you could then go on and serve Thrive. and that's key, right? right? Tell me roll tide. That's key, right? In the whole recovery process is being able to then serve in some way. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest hang up on the addiction is that, that it's all about me. Yeah. And then when you can, when you can step back and look at it from a, a greater perspective and go, okay, well, I see that that guy's actually got it worse than me. Let me see how I can go love on him. Okay, what makes – it changes everything because it gets us to where we're not thinking about poor me. We're, we're thinking about how do I engage that guy to yeah. help him. It's, it's exactly what we talk about with Shield Block, was yeah. get three or four guys and do life together because one of you is going to be struggling at some point and the other three is going to carry the load. So so going back earlier on, I, I caught you mention that the, the group the group that you're in we're in. They they didn't like. I think I, I can't remember your exact words, but it was something along the lines of they they didn't want you to exercise because they it, the thought was that you're just replacing the exercise for something else. Um. So, do they did their perspective change? Because a lot of these guys were part of your initial launch of your of your region. I'm just curious. Like, did it did it change their perspective on on exercise? And wow, maybe maybe it was actually something that we were missing in the program that we, that we shouldn't be avoiding. So over the years it has, it has changed. Um, and my understanding is now that the alpha guys actually go on campus and, and work out on campus and that, um, especially opioid, um, guys exercise is really, really good for them. Huh. The part that they were trying to make known is, Hey, don't replace one addiction with another. Okay, got it. It, it. It's so easy for us to, to plug and play. Okay. Because you're going to get that dopamine hit. Yep. So it, does it really matter where it's coming from? Now you go to a point where exercise can become detrimental if you just become addicted to that, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. It's so, probably a little bit better than opioids, though, even if you get addicted. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, so people, it's amazing to me how something that seems so common sense if you just take a step back and say, this is the way we're designed, okay? <laughs> we're designed to move. We're designed to exercise. It, it, it does stimulate the proper chemical reaction in your body and hormones and so forth. It, it reduces depression, anxiety, and that kind of stuff. And if you just experience it, you know that. Um, and so, you know, we, we just get so many things wrong. But, you know, going back to that servant thing, you know, that that's – that, and you're talking about getting the, the focus off yourself and onto others. Uh, that's because that's the way we were designed, right? We're, our – the purpose we're given is to is to serve others and to lead. And when you take responsibility for someone else, I think that helps you immensely, right? When you're yeah. all of a sudden responsible for other people's out, you know, well being. Yeah, and the the scariest thing about that is is that that's that is a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
to pick up that mantle and put it on. Right. I'm reading a book right now by George uh, about George Washington and just how he resisted the weight of that because he knew how heavy that was going to be right. to lead all those people. And it's it's it it becomes easy in comfort. It's it's like Michael Easter talks about in comfort crisis. You think that you're going to get there, and and actually the, the opposite is true. You, you you need to pick up that that mantle, that that hard thing, and and go do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And F three is changing the world that way. I think one man at a time. One man at a time. Well, uh, just a couple more questions for you, unless you have some others. Oh, don't oh, uh, dial up wants to know if you're a NASCAR fan. Are you a NASCAR fan? <laughs> Back when Dell Jr. was racing, I was a NASCAR fan. You were fan. a fan then? Yeah. A lot of people, uh, I think, left the sport whenever he retired. And I don't know why. You said Dale Jr., right? Not Dale Sr.? Yeah. Dale Jr., yeah. 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 Yeah, it took me a long time to kind of find another driver that I wanted to cheer for but uh i like kyle larson i also i, I i've i've grown to i really like uh, chase elliott as well so you know dawsonville georgia boy you're right up the road is that where is dawsonville real close to you uh, a couple hours a couple hours all right i was yeah. i was explaining to them about how they sound the siren whenever he wins at the dawsonville pool hall they have no freaking idea what i'm talking about well, i have no idea what you're talking about either. <laughs> i'm sure it's well known in georgia though it is. Yeah. See, he knows what I'm talking about. All right. Well, there you go. I thought you mentioned some other driver, like Michael Chitwood or some other. I Michael Chitwood? No. Something. It was like Joey Chitwood back in the. Joey Chitwood. 80s? Yeah. Yeah. He's still running. He was the guy that like, <laughs> they, they would do the stunts where they would. It was the Joey Chitwood thrill show. Oh, okay. And they would drive the cars on two wheels and do all this high speed slalom. Well, I knew he had something to do with cars. And, then they, and they had a, a truck with a, it was like a it was a tube with Mister Pib painted on the side of it, and they would go up the ramp, jump through the tube, and launch another ramp. But all right, well there you go. There you go. There's your lesson on Chitwood. All right. And going back to the Costa Ricans, they're the Los Ticos. Los Ticos. There it is. Yeah, Los Ticos. <laughs> Not got, the taqueritos. Got to close. Ticos. I just wanted to close the close the loop close, on that. The loop is closed. <laughs> We've come full circle. Um, Where were we? I was going to, I know what I was going to do. You I, were going to go to the, the finale questions? Not, not quite yet. I, uh. I got to find out about that beard you're rocking, man. That thing is so bushy and long. I'm afraid it's going to get caught in your zipper. I mean, that is big. Is that just yeah, for hunting season or is that your look? No, this is this has been the look for, uh, I guess, five or six years now. Uh, you you got to use more shampoo on that thing than I do on my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It uh, it's got a little more gray in it than when it started, but but it uh, it's it's cool in the summer and it's warm in the winter. So all right, just keep it. There you go. All right, yeah, I got two questions for you. One is, um, I don't know if you listened to the other podcast and paid attention to these questions at the end, and uh, maybe you have. So the first one is, if you can name somebody in your life that. It could be somebody from in the distant past, you know, like George Washington or something, or somebody you know, whatever. Who would you pick as your sort of idol, your hero, that kind of thing? I really like Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, uh, you're not the first person yeah. to say that. As soon as, as soon as I heard that question in the past, that was my knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. So I'm going to go with my gut on that. Teddy. You and Major Payne. Major Payne picked Major Teddy. Payne, yeah, yeah. All right, Teddy. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, definitely. They, we definitely got themes there, right? Lincoln. Teddy yeah, Roosevelt. A couple Lincolns, uh, Washington, Roosevelt, Washington. Yeah. That's probably the most 
And then some ones. guy said their, you know, their dad or their uncle or, you know, different yeah, other men that, yeah. in their lives. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so why specifically Teddy? What inspires you about him? I really relate to um, uh, to his his upbringing, his his childhood. Even though it was different, it was it it was kind of familiar. And then uh, his quotes and the way that he'd get on the horse and go into battle with those guys. Right. The way that the way that he led and the way he challenged those around him. He, he called them to, hey, here's your potential. Now let's bust the lid open and, and get up there. Or at least that's that's what I'm taking uh, from the quotes that I'm reading. Sure, as yeah. I read the filter of Rhett. Yeah, he was a, you know, he's a leader, and he tried to inspire other men to do more than they could on their own. And then he led from the front, you know, at the in the Rough Riders and the Battle of San Juan Hill, I guess it was. He led the charge up the hill and, uh, you know, exposed himself to gunfire and all that. And so won the admiration of his troops, but that inspired the other guys, you know, your officers running up ahead there, going up yeah. the hill. We're going to, we're going to go. And, uh, the Lord saw fit to allow him to come out of that unscathed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. All right. Well, the last question is, uh, this is a chance, your chance to speak to the men of America. What message do you have for the men of America? Well, it's more of a question of what is the dream in your heart? Mm. Far too often, myself included, uh, will I'll settle for, well, they've got insurance. They've got a retirement package. What is the dream in your heart? And and let's go do that. Far too often we're, we get caught in what the world says we should be, and it's easy, it's easy to go with the goo. Yeah. It's set up that way. You you got to fight like crazy to to go against it and sit in that tension, and it's it's no fun in the tension, right? So so it, and and that's it. Really, just comes down to that one question: What is the dream in your heart? When's the last time you talked about it? Wow, nice. So that uh, makes me think of a qu- another question for you, though. So it's almost like not quite, but almost like goal setting or whatever. The year's ending. Do you do you make New Year's resolutions, Roll Tide? You know, I, I, I'm sure I do, but I, I don't know that I've written them down in several years. Okay. DFib here, he's a big resolution setter, goal setter each year. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the next and his podcast. Family, his family loves it. Right, they <laughs> his love me family loves him for it. He sends next, out his little reminder. Hey, just a reminder, here are your goals. How yeah, you doing, kids? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Your wife gonna, just ignores you, I'm sure. No, she does not. But she doesn't? No. She, okay, yeah. all right. She's, she, uh, one year, you know, we, so what happens is for years, since my kids were small, on, on New Year's Day, or whatever, we would all sit down. I made them all sit down. You have to write down at least three resolutions for the upcoming year. And then I would write them down. I'd take a picture of it. And at the a beginning of every month, I'd send the picture, say, how are doing? How you doing with your resolutions? You know, that kind of thing. So we, we kept accountability on it. Um, and so uh, then we added more people because we've got, uh, anyway, uh, the uh, my wife, I think last year said, or two years ago, she said, I'm not beginning. She didn't make any. And no, she said she wasn't making any, and by the end of the time, she had six instead of three. That's what happened. <laughs> but people even forget them. Like if you don't, like if you don't write them down, and then somebody reminds you of them, like six months later, oh, I don't even remember what I what my resolution was. Oh, I think it was this or whatever, you know. So anyway, 
We're gonna record a maybe. A, maybe I'll do it for my kids this year and I, my wife. I don't and, I, you know? Don't just do feel inspired by you. Yeah, well, maybe I hope just to, to see. I hope to inspire you. Yeah, I know. We're gonna um after we're done here, we're gonna record our next podcast, and, and so it's gonna drop after yours, the week after yours, and I think we're gonna talk a little bit about this. Uh uh-uh. Yeah, I want to go back to your thought about like. You know, following the dreams or find your find your dream. I forget, dream of your heart. Dream of your heart. That's what it is. You know, it reminds me of uh, there's a there's a song I just heard recently. It's called Daydream. It's it's by a female artist. I can't remember what her name is, but uh, it, it it talked about exactly what you what you were kind of describing. And it's so often you know when you're growing up and you're you're young and you're in your teen years, everyone's like chase your dreams, chase your dreams, chase your dreams. Right? Go follow follow your heart. Why is it that at some point suddenly there's a switch that happens? It's like, but but you know you're you're about to be an adult. You got to do something that's safe. You know what I mean? Something that's going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Something something that's not real risky. Like there's like a switch that happens somewhere in there. Like in your college because years, your parents it seems want you to where, move the heck out of the house, so you got to earn a living. Yeah, <laughs> blame it on those parents. That's right. Maybe that's what it is. But but there, am I am I am I wrong though? Like because the, the song talks about that. That's what that's the lyrics of the song is talking about how. You know, you're supposed to chase your dreams all these years, and then all of a sudden, you know, you hit you hit your you know late teens and twenties, and suddenly then it's about you know, chase your dreams, but make sure you're doing something safe. You know, mm. it's going to easily pay the bills and something very attainable. You don't 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 dream too big. You know, you might come crashing down. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. Just it just related to me from what from what you said and made me think of that song and just question like why? Yeah, you know, why is that? Like why? Why does it change at a certain age? Okay. And it, it's the parents. Blame it on the parents. the parents. Is that what we're going with? What do you think, Roll Tide? <laughs> you, you know that that's so true. But there was a there's a guy and I can't think of his name. He lives somewhere outside of Nashville that wrote a book on how to be better grown ups. And the the table of contents is a board game. Um, and that book talks about his daughter. Throughout it, it has a poem about his daughter flying, and then one day she. She lost her her ability to fly, and but then when she had her own, a child of her own, she figured out how to fly again. But that's a that was a great read on on not taking life so serious. But yeah. but yeah, that's there's there's lots of outside pressures that, that take take the safe route, there. right? Yeah, take the safe route in life. Well, tune in next episode where we answer dial-up's question. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. There we go. <laughs> hey, Roll Tide. It was awesome, man. It's great to get to know you. you. You definitely are inspiring because of all you've went through, what you've overcome, uh, the leader that you were, you know, planting the shovel flag. And, and even though you're an introvert, you took that that leap of faith, yeah. you know, raising your hand when the that's, F3 guys came. And that's said, huge. You know, I'll do it. And, you know, now leading your family, you got this young girl you're taking care of and, you know, get involved in helping others and, and now serving on the SLT for the Southeast sector. That's, that's uh really awesome stuff. And, uh, and it's uh, weird. I don't know what you dial up. I'm motivated, inspired by his story, just like most of the other guys. Yeah, absolutely. And look, look out Georgia, man. These guys are coming after you. Yeah. If there's not an AO close to you now, there's going to be one in the next couple of years because of the work <laughs> that you guys are doing. So keep it up. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me. It's been a, been a pleasure to be with you this evening. All right. Well, God bless you, brother. Yeah, take care, brother. Have a great uh, have a great Christmas here in the next couple weeks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. 
More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.